I'm like three drinks in, by the way, so I'm feeling great. Welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where three idiots talk about movies. And today we have a couple different uh, announcements. We'll start off by having a moment of silence for famed actor Leslie Jordan, an icon from Will and Grace and a couple other um, films and shows that I can't name off the top of my head. American Horror Story. Yes, but I'm talking about classics because uh, I know there was uh, one that was American referenced. Horror Story is a fucking American classic. American Horror Story is Do a modern classic. I'm talking about hey. like nine. We're off to a great start. Um, <laughs> but uh, rest in peace, Leslie Jordan. Our heart is uh, with your family. Yes. Um, now. Wait, I have more. <gasps> oh, continue, Lewis. Um, my next thoughts to share with you uh we have oh i don't care (laughs) we have a couple warnings for the film um there are warnings for gore and extreme violence as before but there is also a warning for um depictions of suicide and attempted suicide you have been warned and of course spoilers ahead lewis while i take a sip of my drink why don't you tell us a little bit about our sponsor today yeah uh as you guys have been hearing for the last couple episodes, our episode today is brought to you by our sponsor, Baker and Spoon. Baker and Spoon is a monthly subscription service that gives you three bar quality cocktail recipes designed by award winning mixologists. Each recipe is unique and exposes you to new flavors and combinations while demonstrating a range of what each spirit can do. We've been reviewing the Mescaloween 2 Agave's Revenge box, and unfortunately, we've reached the last recipe in this box for the season. However, if you'd like your own box of Shaker and Spoon, you can head over to shakerandspoon.com and use the promo code SIPS10, that's S-I-P-S, the number 10, to get $10 off your first subscription order. Once again, use the promo code SIPS10, S-I-P-S, number 10, to get $10 off your first subscription. And now we jump in to This Week in Hollywood. Brought to you today by Oh my god. Brought to you today by Isaiah with the sports. Sports? Sports. This is technically sports. I mean it is technically sports. All right. I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll go with that. Uh the new film Black Bottom starting Dwayne the Rock Johnson has hit the box office with a whopping 67 million opening weekend. Wow. And it's still climbing. It's still going. Thanks to both Black Adam and another film, Tickets to Paradise. The crap, what's her name? George, uh, starring George Clooney and... The other bitch. <laughs> 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 what's her uh, name? I don't even know. <laughs> the only person that matters is George Clooney, okay? That's fair. Um, it is... It's Julia uh, Roberts. It's oh! Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. So okay, I lied. She matters. <laughs> <laughs> She's. Oh my god. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to both Black Adam and another film, Tickets to Paradise, starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts, uh, the domestic box office has finally come back alive after a tough fall of, uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks. Meanwhile, Halloween ends sees an 80% drop off in the domestic box office. It's only its second week. Because it sucks. Yeah. Spoilers. Foreshadowing. Anyway. <laughs> On to Beth. Speaking of Halloween, 
Uh, the Conjuring 4 has officially been announced to be in the works. The team is back together with David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, that's a long name, writing the script and James Wan, classic, and Peter Safran, hope I said it right, producing it. As a huge fan uh, of the Conjuring series, I'm very excited to see what they come up with, and I hope they can resurrect themselves after the uh, tragedy that was Conjuring 3. Spoiler alert for a future episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In breaking news, a new Star Wars movie is now in development at Lucasfilm. It is currently directed being currently being directed by Damon Lindelof and one of the directors of Miss Marvel, Charmaine Obaid Chinoy. I hope I pronounced that right. If the project moves along quickly, Lindelof and Obaid Chinoy's Star Wars films could be the film that takes the December 2025 release date that Disney has already reserved for an untitled Star Wars film. I did not know about this, and I would love to find out more. Please don't be as bad as Solo. Solo was a good movie. <laughs> Isaiah with pop culture. Yes. Um, how, real quick, how do you pronounce that? Is it Joker. I think it's fully a do because that's fully a do. I feel feel like fully a do. Keep that all in, by the way. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, the sequel, Joker, fully a do, begins filming in LA next month. Uh, The film stars Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. Interesting choice. I can't wait to see it. It seems it's should be very interesting. I do expect a musical number at some point. Um, And Joaquin Phoenix reprising his role as the Joker. and is set to be a musical with theatric with a theatrical release. Currently scheduled on for October fourth, twenty twenty four. All right, I guess I got my wish. It's a musical. Todd Phillips mm-hmm. will be returning to direct a sequel from the script he wrote with uh, Scott Silver, with the first film being a massive success, bringing in a total box office of one point seventy four billion dollars. That is billion with a B, making it the highest grossing rated R film of all time. Damn! I can't wait to see the sequel. This is gonna be this. I, this should be very interesting. You know, I had a beef. I had I had a. Or I shouldn't say I had beef. Not like I know her personally, <laughs> but I was very iffy about Lady Gaga as an actress. And then once I saw A Star Is Born, I was like, okay, that's not the meat dress lady I know. That's that girl's got talent. That girl's got talent. Exactly. Uh, but anyways, now to get into more of the gossip side of Hollywood, Kanye West, or Ye, as he prefers to be called now. Um, is, cl- <laughs> is claiming that Quentin Tarantino, along with Jamie Foxx, stole his idea for Django Unchained. Yeah, you heard that. <laughs> you heard that right. Um, the artist states that he spoke with Tarantino about his concept for his Gold Digger music video back in 2005. And then Quarant- uh, Quarantino. Wow, I just Quarantino. fucking... <laughs> Quarantino. Oh, yes. That's your new nickname. Um, and then, t- yes, thank you. Uh, and then Tarantino made it into a film. As bold of a claim as it was, neither Tarantino or Jimmy Fox have responded publicly to Kanye's claims. Kanye realized that Django Unchained is based off a movie from the 50s called Django. Also, I don't know if you guys heard, but he just recently also got um, removed from Adidas. So they're no longer selling Yeezys, guys. Yes. No more Yeezys. No more Yeezys for Yeezys. Sorry. Ah, that was terrible. Uh, and lastly, starting next year, Netflix will start charging fees when you share your account password with someone else. Fuck you, oh. Netflix. The company has not stated the price of these fees. However, it's speculated it might be around somewhere around $350 to $4 per sub-account. Oh, that is very unbased, as the kids very say. Very unbased. Wow, I never thought I would hear you say that. <laughs> But I know. 
I don't think people will be too happy about that one. No. I mean, all we need is a VPN and we don't have an IP address. But anyway. That is true. Speaking of which, this episode is brought to you by... (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) And that concludes this week in Hollywood. You can find all the sources cited on our Discord in the news article channel. Lewis, um, what do we got today on the menu? Since we want to get you sauced up just like Beth is, uh, I actually have two different drinks for you. First, we have our sponsor's drink called Dreamfo. Beth can attest that it is probably the best drink she's had so far. So, for many people, Halloween is a holiday wrapped up in nostalgia, elaborate costumes, treacherous trick-or-treating tours, try to say that five times fast, (laughs) and late-night candy binges. Mad scientist Chris Elford's Memory Road, in this regard, leads back to the 90s, and he's engineered this drinkable portal to zap us back to the decade when the most popular fruit was a radical blue raspberry, and juice was sipped from a box through a clear straw, revealing blinding neon shades of green, orange, or purple. Speaking to blue raspberry, Favorite flavor of Bang? Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Just give his laboratory a ring and immediately enter a time warp to sample this port, this potion, which takes only one super ingredient to bring mezcal to life in powerfully sweet and sour ways. That little clink you just heard is Beth having her uh, green phone. I just finished it. She just finished it. So our ingredients are going to be very, very simple. We have two ounces of your mezcal hoven, one ounce of acidified super purple. For garnish, you have one slice of pink grapefruit jelly fruit. That sounds incredibly sweet, but also uh, tangy and delicious at the same time. So for your instructions, you're going to add your mezcal and acidified super purple to a shaker, fill the shaker with ice cubes, and shake very vigorously until it is ice cold and shows frost on the outside of the shaker. This usually takes about 10 to 15 seconds of shaking. Drain your shaker's context into a double rocks glass over a large ice cube. You know, your your typical uh, whiskey ice cube. There's nothing like a classic citrus garnish in keeping with the 90s fever. For the finishing touch, place your pink grapefruit jelly fruit slice either on the rim of the glass or onto your large cube. Beth, please take it away with your description of how good this drink is. Let me tell you. So... First off, this is definitely my favorite out of the three recipes that were in the box. Um, I have had three of these. That is how good they are. And I'm considering getting another one to finish it off because you get four servings <laughs> with each recipe. Um, but I'm going to hold off on that until I eat. So, that a girl. Yeah, I'm, I'm responsible. Uh, so we have, I, I, I gave it a five out of five. It is so fucking good. And Isaiah, I'm going to answer for you. You will love this drink. Lewis, I'm going to answer for you. You would love this drink. Um, If you like grapefruit, of course, because it's very grape and grapefruit like heavy or front. And that's personally my favorite flavor for anything is like grape. Um, It's not super duper. It's like it is so smooth that I was able to like I downed it the first time. It was that like. It was like grape juice, practically, but not super sweet where it makes me want to puke. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's super easy to make. Like Lewis said, it's literally like three ingredients. And one of those is just a garnish. So really, it's like two ingredients. And so in that sense, it makes it super quick to make. It may, took me like two seconds um, compared to like the other two were a little more 
intricate. I wouldn't say they were difficult, but they were more intricate um, in the sense of ingredients and like the process. The grapefruit gummy is not as sweet as you would think it would be. It tastes very much like grapefruit and it's like got that tangy um, afterbite or aftertaste. And um, honestly, is my favorite part of the drink, not just because I love candy, but because it just like ties it all together. He's a child. And um, yes. And yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Um, if you're going to make this drink, I recommend putting the jelly grapefruit in the drink um, instead of on the rim because you can do either one. I tried both and the in the glass is way better because like the sugar kind of comes off the, the grapefruit and into the drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. Five out of five. Damn. Beth, you sold me. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with your saying that I'm going to love it. So you also rate it five out of five? Yes. <gasps> wow. Amazing. Isaiah, what about you? Five out of five. We're answering for you. <laughs> the answer has been told for me. All right. All right. Well, so wait, is it just going to be fun? <laughs> it's going to be fine. Is it that easy? What to give it? I mean, you're very convincing. Yeah. That's, that's also, pretty... what do you call it? It's it's a fruit. What do you call it? I like fruity drinks, and this is a very very fruity drink. So I... it is very good. I don't recommend this for most other people who haven't had mezcal. Um, all that sugar and alcohol tends to make you sick sometimes at night. Oh well, why did you? Why didn't you tell me that before I had like four of them? Um. <laughs> uh, but moving on to our second drink that I'm going to run through real quick. Uh, we have, I found the description on the Spruce Eats, one of the, uh, another food and drink blog. Um, and this is called the Corpse Reviver number two. The story of the Corpse Reviver is that of a drink to be taken before 11 a.m. or whenever steam and energy are needed, according to Harry Craddock in the Savoy cocktail book from 1930. You said a.m.? Yes. Jesus. Okay. It goes, so the original corpse survivor actually goes beyond just being one drink and instead was an entire class of pre-prohibition drinks Hmm. Um, these were quite appropriately meant to raise the dead or in reality someone who was hung over and stumbled into the bar early in the morning because back then it wasn't a bad thing to be drinking before 11 have a clock somewhere exactly the Corpse Survivor Number 2 is a popular classic cocktail and arguably the best tasting of all the Corpse Survivor drinks it is a great gin cocktail and a testament to the mixability of its botanical field spirit. Traditionally, it would have used Quina Lillette, though Lillette Blanc and Coche Americano are commonly used today. In a pinch, dry vermouth will do just fine. For the orange liqueur, choose a top shelf brand such as Cointreau and be sure to use fresh lemon juice for this fascinating sour drink. Your ingredients are going to be one dash of absinthe normally what they do for the absinthe you actually just rinse the glass and you toss out the um excess absinthe so it's only like a little dash at the bottom well you have your one ounce of gin your one ounce of lilac blanc coche americano or dry vermouth into the shaker one ounce of cointreau or other premium orange liqueurs one ounce of freshly squeezed lime lemon juice take that in your um cocktail shaker with ice drain that into your absinthe rinsed martini glass and finally garnish it with an orange peel um for the sake of knowing what it is coche americano is a white um aperitif wine with a quinine taste i don't know what quinine is off the top of my head but um this seems like a very interesting (laughs) choice to have as a hair of the dog cocktail to 
I'm over a hangover. I'm going to throw in that uh, the gin in some cases will be a in one recipe I saw that was charcoal infused gin. And that was recommended at Tallulah's in uh, Asbury Park, New Jersey. Uh, in either case, I'm going to give this a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, what do you guys think so far of this interesting hair of the dog martini? Beth? Um, I, I don't know. I feel like it sounds nice. But I think it sounds a little too much for me. So I think it would be like a two and a half to a th- maybe a three. I'll give it a three because um, like, yes, it has gin in it. And I I've so far I've been a, a fan of gin, but it just sounds like it's going to be a little too uh, white mom for me. And I'm yeah. not there yet. So that's my best rating I can give. Isaiah. Uh, I think it depends on which of that middle uh, liquor used. Or because if you use dry vermouth, it's immediately a one for me because I can't stand vermouth. <laughs> but if you use Lillet Blanc or um, Cochi Americano? I feel like maybe be like a three, 3.5 because, yeah, those are better. But if it's you, if, if someone gives it to me with vermouth, immediate one because that, that, I can't stand it. What can you stand? Fruity things. I like True. Bacardi, bro. I'm a good fan of good old spice rum. You're crazy. Martinis are an acquired taste. I personally believe that. But um, all right. So we are in agreement that our dream phone gets a five across the board. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and our hair of the dog uh, corpse survivor number two, which I use to loosely base on Michael Myers, who keeps coming back from the fucking dead. <laughs> I will say that it's about a three on average. Straight mid. Listen, if if the other two drinks didn't sound appetizing to you and and coax you to get shaker and spoon please i am telling you this drink the dream phone makes it all worth the while yeah i um i highly recommend it it is and honestly it's making me like tequila so that's saying a lot (laughs) if shaker and spoon has completely 180 her on her choices of tequila shaker and spoon you have changed me as a person (laughs) congratulations uh, so now that now that we're all drunk with Beth, just talking about cocktails, we're going to talk about Beth's wonderful question of the day. I do have a great. Well, I have more than one question, actually. I have questions. Wow. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> As you all know. This is the last episode of the season before our listeners episode. So as always, it's time for some trivia. That's when you guys are supposed to be like, oh, my goodness. And be like all excited. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I would be excited if the movie was any good. <laughs> OK, so um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Trivia Night. Bing bong. On our left here. <laughs> on our left here is our lovely contestant, Lewis. How are you doing tonight, Lewis? I'm wonderful. I'm Big Lou. Sorry, Big Lou. Do you mind if I call you Big Lou? No, I don't at all. Great. Okay, so on our left, we have Big Lou. Um, Big Lou, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm your local alcoholic, and I like to talk a lot of shit about a lot (laughs) of things and people. Yeah, you Um, do. Okay, enough of that. Uh, On your right here, we have Isaiah. Isaiah, say hello to the crowd. Hello, guys. Hello. Now, Isaiah, why don't you tell us something interesting about yourself, if there is anything? Wow. Wow. All right. I have a list of every single movie I've ever seen in my entire life. How about that? Okay. So mm, that's okay. Um, 
Now, let the games begin. Uh, so as always, we have our contestants who have their own sounds. So, Lewis, give me your sound, please. Isaiah, your sound. Evil dies tonight. Okay, make your make your death noises. Ah! Is that really your death noise? Looks like I'm dying. <laughs> oh, look at that. I've been impaled. It's <laughs> only a flesh wound. <laughs> okay, what are your death noises? Let me hear it. That'll be your buzzers. Right now, someone stabs you. Go. God damn it, stabs! <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of that. Uh, first question, gentlemen. <clears throat> Of course, wait until the question has been completed before you buzz in your answers. Okay, first question. What was the original title of the Halloween movie? God damn it, snapped! Do you already have an answer? I do already what have an answer. It? The, it's the Babysitter Murders. Wow! Ding, ding, ding! One point for Isaiah. Uh, yes, the events of the original script titled The Babysitter Murders took place over several days. Um, and then the script was changed to have everything happen on the same day to reduce the number of locations and costume changes and keep the film under budget. So it was decided that Halloween was the scariest night of the year. So it was a perfect night and title for the film. Nice. Question two. Dun dun. By the year 2018, how many Halloween movies had been made? There's only a flesh wound. Oh. Oh, sorry. There's multiple choice. Never mind. Go ahead. Yes. Was it A, 15, B, Six, C, nine, or D, eleven. It's only a flesh wound. Lewis. D, eleven. Ding, ding, ding! Correct. Wow, we have one for one, ladies and gentlemen. It is neck and neck. This is crazy. Now, it is one to one. It is neck and neck between Lewis and Isaiah. <sighs> Here we go. Question three, the final question. How long did it take John Carpenter and Deborah Hill to write the screenplay for the original Halloween? You have your answers or I mean, here are your answers options. Was it A, 10 months, B, 10 weeks, C, 10 days or D, 10 hours? Evil dies tonight. Isaiah. I think it was 10 days. So C is your final answer? Yes, he's my answer. Isaiah. Yeah. I am sorry. But that is the answer. Isaiah wins. Yay, thank you, guys. Congratulations. Yes, it took Carpenter and Hill approximately 10 days to write the script. Isaiah, what are you going to do with your grand prize from the game? You mean my uh, 30 cents? Yeah, I'm just going to go. It's going to my college fund. <laughs> to pay off that student debt, you know? Hell, <laughs> hell yeah, I understand. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining me for Trivia Night. Um, we'll see you in the next one. Boy. No, it's getting the end of episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's end it. <laughs> um, all right, Isaiah, what you got for us today, my guy? My guy. Buddy old pal. All right, so, <clears throat> yeah, I couldn't really find any facts about this movie. It was kind of weird. Um, so, we're going to go through a few uh, weird things, uh, like a few little things I found. Um, okay. Yeah, so let's go through this. So, screen testing. They screen tested the movie to audiences before the release, which a lot of big studios will do. Uh, they'll give, like, special... They'll have a bunch of people like look on upon the movie, be like, oh, yeah, what do you call it? this could be? What do you want approved? What do you think could be taken out? What could be added to improve the movie before they do an official release? Um, and mm -hmm. then you know, all those people signed NDAs and crap like that. So they did a few screen tests to the, for the Halloween ends. And when 
talking about the original ending that Green had, uh, that David Jordan Green, the director, had in his mind. He explained that Haddonfield witnessing Lori, uh, spoiler, <laughs> grind Michael up <laughs> was added after the screenings uh, <laughs> because of earlier versions of the movie that wasn't there. They were, um, so he told Entertainment Weekly, we were trying to do a little bit more of a modest, intimate ending for Halloween Kills. Sorry. We were trying to do a little bit more of a modest, intimate ending. Halloween Kills mm. was big and expensive and super noisy and aggressive and almost like an action movie at points. And I, and I being David Gordon Green, wanted this to return to the simple, dramatic roots. But then there were times when I thought it just didn't play big enough and I wanted some scope to it. We wanted something more grand. And that became the procession scene that is shown in the movie at the end. So the actual strapped ending, to the roof? Yeah. <laughs> So the actual ending of the movie we came up with this summer, like two months before the movie was supposed to come out after we screened it a few times. So that's David Gordon Green on him changing the ending of the movie after screen testing. So I guess the screen tests were that they didn't like the ending and they didn't want it to be intimate or like a small thing. And that's how we ended up with the ending that we got in the movie. Sort of. They knew where they were going with it, but they weren't. They they wanted to be, I guess the screen test said they wanted to be more grand. So I mean, they fucking got there, so (laughs) I guess. So I think from this, what they did was instead of having him just get thrown to the grinder and only Lori and the grant and uh, what's her name? Alyssa? Allison. Allison. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Allison and Lori is kind of being just the two of them kind of witnessing the grinding thing. They added the whole like section of the procession and people, the whole town coming to see it. So I guess that's what they're making it grander is what they meant by that what's the name of the town again isaiah haddonville there you go so that's yeah that's what david gordon green was talking about when he said that the screen the movie the ending changed for the screen test Hmm. um as you know the movie we call it was special with an 80 percent drop in the box office it's not doing too well it's it's it it got some bad reviews it's getting a lot of bad feedback from a lot of people a lot of the fans are not happy however it has been decisive like a lot of people there are a few people that a lot of a lot of people actually like like the ending. They thought it was a good ending for Michael Myers and for all this stuff. Um, one said person actually is Master of Horror Stephen King. Oh my, S- Stephen! What Steven. are you? What are you, Stevie? What are we doing, Stevie boy? So Stephen King, uh, after watching the movie, put out his stamp of approval in a tweet stating, "I enjoyed Halloween Ends. It doesn't reinvent the wheel, but it's gasp." surprisingly character driven oh steven now now i i he now he's not wrong hold on right, isaiah before before you go first before you okay. go on before i go on you heard it here first folks stephen king is cringe yeah you know. <laughs> with asterisk and everything i bet gasp yes i mean i understand what you're trying to get from this like yeah this movie is more character driven and we'll get into my opinions about that later on about this movie but i feel like the character driven parts are on the wrong characters mm-hmm. i'll elaborate i'll elaborate more when we get into the review stuff um but yeah so stephen king liked the movie i don't know why but he did um <laughs> i think maybe it's just because it's different than the rest of the stuff and yeah it's different that doesn't mean it's good um True. anyway now do so a lot of and then uh, so there's a lot of feedback a lot of negative feedback basically and david gordon green responded by saying it's funny when someone says build your dream house on the real estate using that this title and these characters, everybody is going to find different little things that's meaningful for them and they'll make it their own. That's what I did. For every bit of backlash, you also get people that are thanking you 
for taking it to a new place and keeping it live and full of love. That's his response to the negative feedback, which I don't know. You can do with that what you will. Yeah, do with that what you will. You can form your own opinions based off what he just responded with. Uh, now, weirdly enough, John Carpenter was actually on board with the direction this was going. I'm, I'm not surprised by that. And then David Gordon Green uh, goes on to say that he was cool with it. He's like any skeptic. What are you going to do? Write the same thing over and over. When he wrote Halloween 2, he was like, oh, we didn't know we were going to go here. As in they didn't know they were making a sequel. Um, mm. That's where Season of the Witch comes from. It's him saying, no, no, guys, we're not going to just make Michael Myers and Laurie Strode movies all the time. We're going to mix it up, do a little anthology. Now, if you're confused by that statement, uh, backstory is, if you watch the whole, the entirety of the Halloween franchise, the third movie is actually has nothing to do with Laurie Strode or Michael Myers. It's actually about um, witches and uh, it's about a bunch of witches trying to like sacrifice an entire school, school worth of children to for a curse. So it has nothing to do with any with anything, which it was received. So it received very negative reviews because they're like, well, where's Michael Myers? Mm. Yeah, what was the whole point of it without Michael Myers? Because they were they wanted to do other stories. And so that's why everybody was like, what the hell? Now, do with that what you will. Sure, I do agree. John Carpenter is like, yeah, what do you call it? What are you going to do? Just write Laurie versus uh, Michael Myers all the time? That makes sense. However, if you have an entire trilogy based around Laurie versus Michael, you can't choose the last movie where it's all supposed to end and it's supposed to be the final showdown as the movie to do your little anthology. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. This is a fair statement. So just... Just putting that out there. Um, now, the negative feedback keeps on going because there's actually the people were so pissed. The fans were so mad that a petition. Yeah, we're going back to another petition was started <laughs> to reshoot the whole movie. That's like Star Wars. Yeah, people are freaking pissed. So <laughs> the original goal of the of the change.org petition to changed the movie was 5,000 signatures. If you check the web, as of recording, right now, <laughs> it's actually going up right now as I speak. Um, it, actually oh just went up, it just went up 100 signatures as I spoke and started this. Um, it is now at 13,800. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, a lot of people really want this movie changed. All right, it just went up by 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it keeps on going. Yeah, one of those was me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll read what they said. Um, so over 13,000 people at this current moment have signed the change petition, uh, change.org petition, urging Universal to reshoot the entire the entirety of Halloween ends, um, surpassing its goal of 5,000 signatures. Uh, the reasoning, as posted in the uh, change.org petition, Halloween ends was not a film that the fans wanted. This was an origin story, the Corey story. We deserve a movie worthy of Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise. We love this franchise wholeheartedly. And this version of a Halloween movie left us sad, mad, disappointed, and infuriated. Please give us a movie that shows us what Halloween is really about. Our apex predator, the king of slasher, movie Michael Myers. This movie gave us a weak, pathetic Michael who needed his mask to survive. This isn't our Michael Myers. Our killer is strong, relentless, and unstoppable. Please write this wrong. We beg of you. Now, I I think it's a bit much. Like, sure. Sure, what do you call it? The movie was bad. And it could have been a better version of it. I think that's an understatement. Yeah, is Universal going to go back and reshoot it because 13,000 people said, hey, go do that? No, they're not going to do that. That's that's a big waste of money. They're never going to do that. Oh, yeah. 
they'll just they'll just reboot it in like in like five years and say, hey guys, this is the movie you wanted because Halloween is never gonna die. All right, Michael Myers is never gonna die. I don't know, being shoved into a trash compactor or whatever the fuck. Oh no, what do you call it? Those do what they did before because there's actually three different timelines going. Actually, just four different timelines going on in the Halloween universe out of all fifteen movies. But those are all the facts that we have for today. Take that as you will with all the things that we discussed. Now on to the film review. I'm going to try and keep it short uh, because I'm going to start off with the one thing I think was worth seeing in this entire film. Okay. Hmm. The fight between Laurie and Michael out of all the films that we've seen was the best one thus far. Uh, as far as like her surviving and, you know, actually managing to beat Michael rather than like stabbing him in the eye with a fucking hanger. I will have to disagree with you on that. Or, no, but... OK, sorry, sorry. No, I'll, I'll put it second because Halloween Kills did have a really good like fight around the house between the whole family. But yeah, well, that was what I was going to say. OK, yeah, no, I'll, I'll put it as a second. Well, like that's the, this is my best one on one personally, because I know that right. the one in Halloween Kills is like that technically it's involved with Allison and her mother. Karen. That was the one thing that actually like it let me sort of not give this a straight up zero. The rest of the movie, I will praise. I think his name is Rowan Campbell. I will give him praise for playing the character of Corey and playing the character of some traumatized, sadistic fucker who kind yeah. of, you know, awakens his like sadistic side in his 20s. As we all do. Uh, yeah. But I want to shout out the fact that I saw this in an article. I felt it myself for a second. Looking at him smile in one of those scenes, I thought it was fucking Willem Dafoe. <laughs> and I was like, is he related to Willem Dafoe? And I remember an article said he had a little bit of Joaquin Phoenix energy, a little bit of Willem Dafoe energy. That's big compliments. Yeah, yeah, those are big compliments to the actor himself, to his to what he was trying to do. The story, mm. everything else that happened in the movie. Their little fucking twisted, like, love red flags bullshit. Garbage. Garbage tropes. Garbage execution. I also want to shit on the fact that four of Corey's killings weren't actually really shown. Or, like, the death of his stepfather was completely an accident, though. Mmm, I see. Okay. Because yeah, we call he wasn't even, like, he was actually supportive of, of him. I know. Yeah. That was such a, like, that was so messed up. Yeah, he like, I want to help you. He's like, no, wait, don't shoot. And then he gets shot in the fucking, right between the eyes. They don't even show him killing his mom. They just show him raising the knife. Which out of everyone was the one I wanted to see. Exactly. They don't show him beating that one girl to death over the head with the wrench. He just raises his hand. Uh, They barely show the dude getting his face burned off. And they don't show the dude with the drumstick getting the drumstick shoved into his eye. How dare they? You know, like I'm, I'm shitting on like the fact that like the after effect, like, oh, yes, it's very gory. But like, where was the difference in like what we watched Michael do in Halloween Kills. Mm. It's like a, it's like a tonal shift. It's weird. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very unnecessary tonal shift. And yeah, overall, I, I just, I hated pretty much the other hour and 40 minutes of this movie. Mm-hmm. I think the scene where Laurie and Michael fight in the kitchen and then Allison comes in and save her and even the procession to the crash compactor at the end. Um, I enjoyed that. Other than that, everything else in this movie was garbage. I'm going to rate it a 0.5 out of 5. Wow. <laughs> I really hated this movie. Like, I, I hated the happening, but I hated this. Oh. <laughs> you hear that, folks? Damn. That's, that's wild. So when the movie started, right, the opening intro 
was very interesting. Like I was like, oh crap. All right, we're gonna we're heading in an insane direction. I wonder what the hell this is all gotta do. To be honest, I was kind of like prepared for all the jump scares in these movies, so I wasn't really like scared or anything like that. But that one really got me. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting the kid to fall from the fucking, like third story third and just floor. splat on the floor. I was not expecting that at all. So I literally I full on paused the movie and literally audibly and yelled in my house, oh shit. <laughs> I had very high expectations. And then after that, it just went, it just shot downhill. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was skiing down a fucking ramp. Yeah, because it just turned into the most predictable things ever. Like every scene had things where like, oh, well, obviously that, what do you call it, Corey? He's gonna be, the, the main kid's going to become Michael Myers. It's going to turn into like that protege, oh, I'm going to teach you how to kill story. And that's what it did. And, and I can tell you, it was exactly like halfway through the movie. It was like 42 minutes into the movie. There's that shot of him standing behind the bush like Michael Myers did in the first movie. And I was like, all right, so I already know where the hell this plot's going to happen. What do I need to watch yep. the movie for? <laughs> yup. Now, I will, we'll, get to the, we'll get to the later part where it did, it did do a little twist. But for like 90% of the movie, I kind of just knew where everything was headed. And there was no point in all that. You know, I've had that question for the, for the last three, honestly. I feel like every horror movie is like that. I feel like every horror movie is just annoying characters see but i feel like there's the annoying characters that you want to watch them die yeah <laughs> and then there's just straight up just annoying where it's like there's no way a human like this exists because like there's a few characters like the mom right oh like, yeah no i can't wait for her to die i know she's gonna die i know they're telling me she's gonna die and that and we're gonna then enjoy they that. strip you of the entertainment that you would have received watching her die yeah like there's no comeuppance you don't get to witness anything <laughs> they're all annoying grandma g lee curtis though <laughs> that was fun i do like her moving on and her like trying to be like oh i'm just being a grandma now uh i make cookies go to bake sales kind of stuff that mode mm -hmm. i i enjoyed that part i thought it was fun she was just you know trying to live life yeah I wanted to piggyback off something you said earlier because I forgot until now. Corey learning from Michael, but never actually learning, truly learning anything from Michael. He, he's like, show me how you do it, you know, and he kills the cop. And that was it. Suddenly, Corey knew how to fucking like appear around the bush and then disappear in seconds and just never be like, you know, like had all of Michael's movements and personality and all that shit with no sort of instruction, no sort of magical power given to him nothing it was literally just no i'm michael now i am michael now now one of the one of the notes i wrote was uh cory he tells allison about how he killed killed somebody and then they immediately go now let's hold now they're like oh now we're holding oh hands and like breaking i'm like what is this <laughs> i okay i hated that entire fucking story plot like the whole subplot of just like oh Romeo and Juliet kind of bullshit. That stuff pissed me off. I was like, I don't care about either of you. I saw some meme make fun of it being like, you know, like when you see he has red flags and you become even more obsessed or something like that. Oh, you know, I don't need a very innovative and crazy, intricate plot. It's a horror movie. OK, however, I prefer the plot to have something that doesn't keep me bored. Most of the movie. What I will say, though, was the moment that Corey's mom kissed him on the lips. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I was not. Because I was like, oh, it's like a mom that hates her child. And then she did that. And I was like, oh, completely different dynamic that I was, than I was expecting. I, I, um, I had to rewatch that scene because I wasn't sure if it was a fucking accident at first. Yeah. And I was like, no, she, she that was intentional. 
Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a weird one. Bates Motel. Oh, no. Like 90% of this movie, right, is based around Allison and Corey's relationship, quote unquote, if you want to call it that. Because all, yes. she, all he does is do some like really weird and creepy things that, yeah, obviously major red flags. And she's just like, oh, my God, but he's so cute. Like, you know what? Let's oh, my do God, that. but trauma bonding. But it's yeah, quirky. But it's quirky. Like, he's an outcast, so so am I. Oh, my God. And it's so, oh, it's so annoying. And then the whole point, and then, like, towards the end, right? You know, where he gets to be Michael Myers and he starts going on his little killing spree. The reason they did all that was because he was going to kill himself and make Allison hate Lori for two minutes of screen time. It wasn't even mm-hmm. stream It was literally we call it, that scene was only about 30 seconds of him being like, I'm going to kill myself and she'll hate you forever. And then he stabs himself and then he dies. And then, you know, she's Lori is staring at him. He's oh, no. Oh, my God. And then and then he wasn't even dead when Michael came back for the mask. Yeah. And then the craziness of, oh, and then at the end of the movie, oh, I don't hate you. I know, Corey, you were right the whole time. Corey did. It. I was like, OK, so you tell him you spent 90 percent of this movie developing this relationship for a payoff that is not even 30 seconds of just oh i hate you i'm gonna leave the house now that's it <laughs> <laughs> that was the 90 percent. you t- you wasted my all my time just to pay just to do that what was the point so you know that just pissed me off it was just no the note i wrote was that the entire time it felt very cringy that they were trying to make Corey this a person with bravado that was standing up for himself or something like mm-hmm <laughs> It felt like a knockoff Joe from you. (laughs) It really did. They watched like one episode of you and said, that's my entire character right there. (laughs) That is so fucking accurate. Oh, my God. Now, the ending. Lou, you said you liked the ending of, you know, (laughs) them hog tying his his body to like the roof of a. (laughs) No, I didn't say I liked it. I accepted that as like a like a plausible ending after that fight. Oh, okay. I don't know. I just, just the fact that like all the cops just started telling the entire town and the entire town decided, hey, we're all going to go watch this body get thrown into an industrial shredder. The note I wrote was they hogtied him like a deer to the roof of a Prius. The whole town came by to watch like, like a 1900s execution and then threw him into an industrial shredder. Yep. As, <sighs> so my thoughts are overall boring. It's bad. They're not good send offs for any of these characters. Michael Myers was barely in the movie. It's he mm-hmm. was in there for like maybe five minutes of total screen time, which was kind of. Is- I want to amend that. I, I didn't even say I liked it. I just said that that ending was like plausible, but I want more. So it's like I was just happy it was over. <laughs> that was my sign that the movie was done and I was I would have to stop watching garbage. Fair. Yeah. So. After that industrial center part, I was like, I'm done. This is over. This we can't. Thank God it's over. Because 90 percent of the movie was boring and made no sense. Mm-hmm. It focused on anything. Now, going back to what David Dugger and Green said, that he wanted to focus on a new character to do, like, the anthology. But even with that thought process, Corey's dead. There's no more anthology. You can't have, oh, there's going to be an anthology, like, there's all not, like, a legend or whatever. You can't have that because he killed himself. He's dead. <laughs> Everybody's dead. This is the end of the road. There is no more. How can you have an anthology? There's no more. <laughs> Corey comes back like Michael used to, even after having his neck snapped or stabbed. It is. It is. It's a one out of five. It's literally a one. Out of five. I can't. I have to add one more thing. The, you're going to tell me that Corey, the little fucking weirdo, fought and pushed Michael to the ground 
and took his mask after it took an entire town of people, after it took a, a group of eight people to even put him on the floor. And he still came and killed every single one of them. And you're going to tell me that Michael just lost a little scuffle like that? No, I don't care how weak he looked. I don't care how old and like decrepit he was. No. Maybe the marketing, I'm going to go with the marketing, is kind of one of the reasons why the movie fell flat. Also, the fan base. The fan base came to see a Michael Myers movie. That's what Halloween is. It's a Michael Myers movie. You can't have a Halloween movie without Michael Myers because you did that with Halloween 3 and it didn't work. Yeah, because there's a lot of references in this movie to Halloween 3, which is, you know, the anthology one, the one that doesn't have Michael Myers in it. So they obviously wanted to make a movie that wasn't centered on Michael Myers. But it's proven in the past that it didn't work. And you're doing the whole, this is the end of the Laurie Strode versus Michael Myers, you know, timeline. You can't have the final movie not be about the characters that you've spent three movies doing. <laughs> like you can't, it, it just kind of throws it away. It's like, what's the point? Also, you can, the, mar- the marketing of the movie is, oh, this is the final fight between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, right? And that only happens in the last five minutes of the movie. <laughs> and even then, it's not like an, an extended fight. Well, for one thing, I I have had I've never had a film where I've had more cons than pros. Um, I have one pro, and that was that the end credit song was good. That was it. Damn, <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's the only that's the only pro I have written down. Um, what even which, is the ending song? I gotta I gotta look this up now. <laughs> uh, Don't fear the reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Blue Oyster Cult, which is a great song. I um, think the second the, the, the credits started rolling, I exited the movie, so I didn't even hear it. Oh, it was good because it was a nice little tie-in with the the first film because that was playing over the radio in um, the original Halloween. But anyways, yeah, that was the only good thing I had about this film. Um, I also rated it a one out of five. Again, Bloomhouse Productions, we, t- we touched on this uh, in the previous episode. I, I have a personal love-hate relationship with uh, that production company and they just it's really hit or miss with mainly misses and um this was one of them i would like to point put it as beth they you you hate them and they love to disappoint you yes that is a great way to put it lewis um Oof. i think my biggest issue with the film was that there just there was a lack of build up throughout the whole film I wrote it down in the beginning that there was a lack of buildup, but then it kept happening with a lot of like the horror jump scare aspects where it was like, okay, kind of like touching on what Isaiah said, where it's like, okay, this is so cliche and so predictable. I'm not even like that fact, that wow factor or that shock or scare factor is just gone because it's like, okay, I've seen this a thousand times. So there's really just no buildup to any of the horror or the, the, intensity or anything like that i think i mentioned earlier i did not care or give two fucking shits about this love story plot between allison and Corey. it just felt really not only forced but just weird yeah it just there was no chemistry between the two of them she i feel like she should be smarter i was kind of surprised that she was just like oh you're telling me you killed someone and I'm just going to hold your hand and like make love to you. Like the fuck? <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be smart. Whatever. And after everything she's been through with her family, I, I would assume. Exactly. That- I would expect you to have some common sense, but I guess not. That's trauma bonding. Too much to ask for. I think my issue 
Another issue I had was that Michael Myers just was not Michael Myers. He became this like Pennywise wannabe where he's in the fucking sewers. And like, I don't, I did not understand that concept at all or like how the fuck I know originally they retconned all these films before. And so just the original and then the 2018 and then Halloween kills and this one are canon. So we never technically get an explanation as to what Michael Myers powers are. So then how the fuck does he just grab Corey and like see his life flash before him? And then like now Corey is like fucking possessed or some shit. Like he just changes from this actually interesting character to a cliche prodigy kind of like, oh, I want to follow in your footsteps, even though that was never really established in the first. It just felt very weird and just like they were trying to come up with it up on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really. Um, I think also the um, I know last episode I talked about how the gore was like good, but I felt like this one was over the top. Like this one was like, I felt like leave it to you know, um, Saw and Final Destination. Leave the leave the gore to them. You're a slasher film. Like, I, I know slasher films are kind of supposed to be like, but like the tongue scene with the radio guy, that felt so excessive. It felt forced. It really did. Like, it wasn't it like, forced. like there's certain films where it's acceptable. The effect, the effect they had on it wasn't even that good. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was like an 80s film. Yeah, like all of a sudden his teeth were smashed. No. Also, um, I, I know how you feel about the uh, fluorescent lady, the fluorescent, fluorescent light lady. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, how did you feel when she came back out of nowhere? did she survive? <laughs> I, was like, I saw her. I was like, wait a minute. That's the same bitch. How the fuck? I, yeah. saw, just, I saw a tweet that said the biggest plot twist in this entire movie was that she survived. <laughs> We watched her fucking die. And it wasn't like the cops were coming when when we saw her. Like, no one called for help. Anyways, that's pretty much all I had written down because just overall, the film was just not good. It, I thought the last one was bad, but... Um, There's a lot of articles right now being like, maybe we treated Halloween Kills too harshly. Yeah. See, I rated Halloween Kills, I think, the best out of all of them, though. That is true. Yeah, I did. I did have a much higher rating than you guys. So, you know what? I was just ahead of the trends, ahead of the times, ahead of the curve. Mm hmm. Bam. That's my rating. We have to um, do our tier list. Do our tier list. Yes. Tier list time. Yes. Tier list time. And then we could ski fucking daddle. <laughs> um, OK, so for those who don't understand what the fuck we're about to do, we're making a tier list of our ratings of the four films from best to worst uh, so we'll start with halloween the original um yeah. i think that that as as iconic as it is is pretty fucking bad it's pretty bad yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. i'd say it's like yeah put it at an a like i'd put it in second place really really i would put Are it B. compared to the I, other three i mean compared to the other three obviously but nothing on here is gonna is gonna go above like B or A, in my opinion. Well, here's the thing: we only have four, so something's got to be in no. first place. No. All right, all right. Let's go to the let's go to 2018. Is 2018 better than the original? No. No. Even though it was gorier and was more modern, it made more sense. Like there was obviously more time and thought process. You know, into I it. honestly don't remember 
it that yeah. much. I think it was just that forgettable. So, damn. It's up to well, you guys. I'll let you know. I'll let you guys take the wheel. What on is, where, where do you want to put it? Where do you want to put it? If you had choice, 2018. Um, I would put it. You know what? We'll make we'll make 78 an A tier. We'll put 2018 as the B tier. Um, yeah, even though, it, and then Halloween Kills gets what? C. I mean, D's? A. And hell no. <laughs> um, Out of all four of them, it's the best one. Come on. No, no, I would, I would think yeah, the firefighter scene. Out of all four of them, it's just gory. That's pretty much all it is. Yeah, that's why Beth's like <laughs> the opening to Halloween Kills is the best part, but then exactly. after that, it kind of drops off after that opening scene. <laughs> so I feel like the rest of the movie is just. Eh. Here's the thing with Halloween 2018, you have this annoying like high school fucking bullshit that you got to deal with. With Halloween Kills, however. We're actually seeing like the original characters grown up, how it impacted them. And um, that's about it, honestly. Yeah, you, you ain't got much there. It, if I hear <sighs> Evil Dice tonight one more time, I'm in, I'm not I'm gonna lose my mind. So, okay, so well, then what yeah. do you guys want to put it at? I would at the most put it as a seed here. I would put it as a seed if, if I if I would give it that. You're gonna put that below the others. Yes. Because you do realize yeah. with this rating that you're making Halloween ends a tier, right? <laughs> no, I'm making Halloween ends the F tier. No, it had. Well, then that means the That's original nothing. Halloween is a is top tier. Nope. In this case. Yeah. I say the original Halloween is a. All right. We'll give we'll give it that. The original will, Halloween. The original Halloween. Halloween 2018. I will let you guys say it is less than Halloween. I think it's either on level or better, but that's just but that's just me. Halloween Kills is definitely below the next one. Like, it's it's not that good. And then all the way at the bottom, and we'll put Beyond Trash as another tier, will be Halloween uh, ends. You know, I 100% disagree with this entire thing, but I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so our official rating then. Go ahead. What is it? In A tier, we have the original 1978 Halloween. In B tier, we have Halloween 2018. In C tier, Halloween Kills. And then all the way down to F, which I will now rename Beyond Trash, <laughs> is Halloween Ends. We're retconning it as, as of right now. Yeah, what do you call it? As far as we know, Evil did not die that night, and it still continues <laughs> to live. Uh, um, all right, well, do you guys have anything else you want to add? No. To um, this shit post? Okay, well, um, thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode also thank you to everyone who has supported us this season uh we hope you enjoyed it and next week is our listeners episode so be sure to check it out and see if <clears throat> your film has been featured uh if you do have a movie suggestion and you haven't emailed it to us already uh feel free to shoot us an email as silverscreen sips at gmail.com or you can hit us up on our socials at silverscreen sips and twitter at silverscreen sip with no s um, also, we will be posting our poll for season six next next week. So be on the lookout for that so you can cast your votes. Uh, the two options are going to be James Bond, the Daniel Craig version, and the Planet of the Apes, uh, the Caesar trilogy. So we will see you in next week's listeners episode. Go vote. Vote. <laughs> we should Bye. have like I voted stickers, but so like for us. <laughs> that would be so good. Add it to the shop. Idea board. Where are you? <laughs>